Hello, and welcome back to Asians Represent. My name is Daniel, and for this episode, I'll be joined by the cast of Asians Read Legend of the Five Rings. Steve, Emma, Jeremy, Monty, Sar, and I were finally able to get together to reflect on our experiences reading and critiquing the L5R rulebook live. We talked about the things we could have done with the series, our favorite parts of the game, and elements we wish could simply be removed. Now, if you're interested in watching the series in its entirety, maybe this podcast caught your attention, maybe you only listen to the podcast, uh, check it out. It's available. All 20 episodes are available at youtube.com slash Represent. That said, please give it up for the cast of Asians Read Legend of the Five Rings. I'm happy that the six of us were able to sit together remotely, we're being safe, sit together remotely and talk about the 20 episode journey that we went on. Well, not 20 episodes. Some, I think some of us, it was like 19 or 17 episodes, but in spirit, we were all here for those 20 episodes. Uh, the 20 episode odyssey that we went on to read, or in some cases reread, the fifth edition Legend of the Five Rings core rule book. Uh, and, and, you know, before we started recording, we went back and we were like, you know, how long ago was it? And it was, it was literally like what June to November of 2020. So for like the, the height of the quarantine, the height of the pandemic, Matthew, you're shaking your head. Every Friday we sat down to read this book and, you know, we, we did this for Oriental Adventures and it's time that we do it for L5R. It's time for a postmortem. It's time to talk about this experience and what we would do moving forward. Now, Steve and I did a postmortem for Oriental Adventures, and I look forward to doing a postmortem for Caratour in 30 years when we're returning. <laughs> yeah, whenever that, that, whenever that <laughs> no, ends. Sorry, sorry. You have, you have no idea. If you thought going through L5R was slow, going through Caratour is, is like, Maybe a we're page. walking. We're walking through. We're walking through mud, but then somebody put giant boulders in the mud. And we're, we're just tripping on all the boulders. Like the, the it's we're it's so slow. So, so, <laughs> so we 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 went about like about five, maybe four or five pages, uh, an episode with L five R. What was your pace? What's your pacing like with Karator so far? Like one or, or two paragraphs? Yeah. Like yeah, like maybe a page. It's like Dragon Ball Z, like original series filler. It's all filler. Of, it's yeah, all filler. That kind of pace. The training arc. Yeah. We get sidetracked a lot. You know. I think what okay. So I think one of one of the things that we're doing with the Karator stream is something that we kind of did with L5R, and and that's. Every time we find something that is either like needs to be fleshed out or is problematic or is just silly, we're like, okay, here's what we would do to fix it. Well, we'll like laugh for five minutes and then we'll, we'll try to fix it. And so it's kind of slowing us down that way. But I think that is, I think that's ultimately more productive. And it's kind of like what we did with L5R when we were talking about like, oh, you know what, what kind of stories would be really neat here or tales that I would like to tell except we were kind of doing that with the world building. Um, so that's why it's a little bit slower. Um, but I look forward to doing that for Caratour and I, I, I look forward to the time that we're going to have together right now to A, talk about our experiences, B, answer questions, because we didn't really do that as much for the Oriental Adventures one. 
Um, and see, kind of talk about L5R moving forward, because I know some of us are still like heavily involved in the L5R community, writing or, or doing secret things that I'm sure they'll talk about during this episode. And I don't want to secret take anybody's thunder because I honestly want to see SARS mind go. Um, um, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. So I first want to start just by, you know, telling all of you how grateful I am that, you know, we were able to sit down for 40 hours and read this book bond and, and really come together. I think of all the reading series that we've done, right. Oriental adventures, Caratour, Alcadim, kindred of the East and, and L5R. I, I want to say that L5R is the most special to me. I think it's the most special to me for a, a couple of reasons. Uh, one, it like reconnected me with Emma. Emma, you and I hadn't like been in like serious contact in a long time uh, since yeah. I since I dropped out of school. Um, and like you know, Steve, this was an opportunity for us to learn from the Oriental Adventures totally. stream and a lot of the you know the the constructive criticism and criticism we got from that. Mm -hmm. uh, Oriental Adventures was kind of like, this is our new beginning. And what we did with Oriental Adventures kind of informed what we we're doing with Caratour and Al-Kadim. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm grateful that, you know, L5R is very special to me for that. Also, you know, with L5R, you know, got to meet, you know, Jeremy and Monty and Sar. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, it prevented, it provided us with a really good opportunity to also engage with the L5R community. And sorry, you were kind of like the L5R ambassador, right? In no other stream were, were we able to like sit down and talk with somebody who has a very intimate knowledge of the work that we are, you know, going through critiquing and commenting on. And, and not only do we have like a fan ambassador, we also had somebody who, had you know written in this world and for these products um so we had you monty and so i think you know this perfect storm was uh, you know asians read legend of the five rings a lot of people you know show a lot of love to the oriental adventures stream but the l5r one and i want all five of you to know this the l5r one is the mo one of the most special to me because of that um like wouldn't have met all of you. And, I, and, and, you know, like, I hope we continue to talk about this stuff um, and have these conversations following this. So I want to start, I wanted to start by that. I wanted to, you know, be a little emotional and, and open and vulnerable and tell you all that I'm grateful that we, that we did that and that we're doing this, but I kind of want to start and just be like, how did you feel uh, about that, that series? <laughs> we spent a lot yeah. of time together. Definitely. Definitely. I think if I can share that one anecdote, so we, when we came to L5R, Daniel, you had said to me, like, Steve, I think we're going to do L5R next after Oriental Adventures. And I was like, are you serious? Like, we're just going to jump into, like, the next thing? Like, do you need a break? And, of course, Daniel Kwan doesn't need a break, despite me always saying you do. <laughs> but um, I, I was familiar with L5R because of the Rokugan supplement for 3.5 in D&D. So, like, I knew about it, and I remember really, really liking it. It was a much different time for me, and I really, really liked it because, similar to you, Daniel... Uh, it was like the first time I had seen Asians front and center in like RPGs. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I can't wait to see how 5E kind of took things. And then I began reading it and I'm like, oh no, not oh no necessarily in that like it's super, super bad, but oh no, 
I'm going to have to really be critical, really choose my words. And to your point, everything we learned from Oriental Adventures, all the, the criticism and constructive feedback that we got from it, definitely I built on that. And when we went to L5R, I definitely was consciously trying my best to say, hey, I'm going to focus on good things if I can. And for anything that's bad and things that make me feel uncomfortable, I'm going to be very concise in how I say it and try my best not to be too inflammatory. Though there were times where I definitely needed to have that space to be like, wow, I fucking hate this. Um, and I, 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 that was kind of my mindset there. And I, I tried to keep that through. And I, I, I'm proud of the L5R series that we did. Yeah, I think that we were definitely more measured. We weren't perfect. I, I think we're starting to really hit our stride with, you know, Caratour and, and Al-Kadim. But yeah, L5R, I think, was just like, if you look at episode one of L5R and you look at episode one of Oriental Adventures, they are completely different. Completely different. And um, so I hope that people, you know, who who kind of watch the Oriental, Oriental Adventures stream out of spite, because I know that there are people who watch it out of spite, you know, stick with it and watch us grow, right? Because this is all about learning, right? This is all about learning, you know, with the audience and also teaching the audience at the same time. Um, how about the rest of you? Like, Emma, you were, you were with us. You and Monty were the two folks with us on episode one, like from the very beginning. Like, oh, Emma, what was it like for you? Because I, I literally messaged you on Facebook and I was like, hey, yeah. yo, we're going to read this. We're going to read this thing. I think you have no, some expertise the, the here. the message was... Hey, do you know what L5R is? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, actually, I've heard of it because it incorporated Jomon stuff, like archaeological stuff into some of the imagery. So it's like, that's all I know about it. Um, then you're like, you want to you wanna read it on a live stream? I'm like, oh boy, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't remember how I convinced you to do, to do it. I don't remember why I decided to do it, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness you did, Emma. It happened. Look, look where we are now. Yeah, well, my introduction to these sorts of like rule books and my introduction to the Asians Represent community. Uh, obviously, I haven't looked back because <laughs> I'm still here. But yeah, his uh, it was a random message from Daniel in a random decision on my part and yeah turned into 40 hours and <laughs> well and more it's kind of beautiful and more yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the randomness you know <laughs> and, and and then Monty like I don't remember how we got connected because it it just feels like so long ago <laughs> I say I think I I pinged you on um on the discord on discord was it you who yeah. pinged me yeah, I spent I spent like two hours going. Do I really want to do this? This seems a little maybe it's not a good idea. But it's like okay, you know what? You know, push through your one's discomfort to learn and grow, right? So uh, yeah, I think I pinged you directly and said, "Hey, I wrote a few things for for the game. I don't know if I have things to say, but I can be a guest." And if you look every time you said something on on the stream, it was just super super meaningful. And then we and then we added Sar on literally episode two. Yeah, because <laughs> because on episode one we went live, and Sar, you were like blowing up the chat. And then after people <laughs> were messaging me, being like, "You got to add this guy. You got to add this this guy, Sar." And I think I think maybe it was Steve who reached out to you first because I know we were both of us talked to you separately about being like, "You want to come join us?" 
I know um, Trevor uh, yeah. spoke to you guys first, and then um, I got it. And then what do you? Yeah, I can't remember who it was. It was I think it was, it was Steve. I think it was Steve first that um, that reached out to me first, and then um, Daniel reached out to me, and then that that's how I kind of got involved there. Yeah, and then you know what? It, it was I think it was an important decision for the stream. I think including it was, you know not only great because you just have so much knowledge from your own, your, you know, academic background and your own life experience, but also just, I don't think we would have been able to do the series as well. If not for your knowledge of everything else beyond that book. It's like what I've said always in throughout, throughout that series, you know, it's like the book, you, it, it's, it's not bad if you got somebody there to explain the book yeah. to people. But I can't be in every single store. Yeah, yeah. and that, that was like the theme of the stream. It was called like not everyone has a SAR who can yeah. tell them about you know, this character and why they look the way that they look. Exactly. Because I, I actually have a question for you, a lore question. Oh. Um, okay. And I, I don't think it's like a negative one. Um, I, was, I literally have a, not right here, but on my, my downstairs desk, I have a, a fourth edition player's handbook next, literally next to my chair. Um, and I was like, ah, I, I was flipping through it and I saw a picture and I was like, okay, I saw two pictures and I was like, I got to ask Sar about one of these. Um, so during the stream, it, it might come up. Okay. So we added you, Sar, and you added just like so much value to the, to the, to the stream um, and then to our lives. Cause I feel like, you know, your enthusiasm really enriched my life during quarantine. Um, and then, you know, Steve and I met this like ace, ace reporter for the, <laughs> for the, for the HuffPo, like, like a, like an Asian Peter Parker. Um, and because of, you know, that, that everything that was going on in our lives at the time. And we met you, Jeremy. And you're like, yeah, I play TTRPGs. I'm playing L5R. And then one of us invited you. I don't remember who. <laughs> um, it was so I, I I talked with both um, you and Steve separately, um, but I think it was the conversation I had with Steve where we were just talking about our experiences playing TTRPGs, and I mentioned that I played L5R, and then Steve asked me about my clan, and I told him about my Lion Clan character, and I think he might have talked to you afterwards, and then on an episode of the stream, you Daniel gave me a shout out and suggested that I join as like a guest or, you know, because I had played L5R and then I messaged you and then I, I hopped on. So, I mean, that was that for me, um, I appreciate L5R for connecting me with you guys. Cause even though I, I had heard of Asians represent, I knew of uh, you, Daniel and you, Steve from the Oriental adventures thing. I, possibly might have met you guys and stumbled into the Asians represent discord anyways, just by being around general TTRPG Twitter discourse, but I might not have initially been as active. Um, and I think originally when I was listening to you guys talk about Oriental adventures at that time, I was playing through an L5R campaign and quite enthusiastic about it. And I was like, Oh, these guys need to play L5R like that. The, the, they need to play the actual game about Asians role-playing and stuff like that. Um, and then it was interesting, um, and we can talk about this as the as the episode goes on. But my opinions towards L5R as a game have changed quite a bit, actually, after joining you guys. And I don't want to say that my enthusiasm has well, I will say it. My enthusiasm has slightly wavered, um, and that's not a bad thing. 
it's it's an interesting thing though and i and i i don't consider it to be bad or awful or anything like that um once again i appreciate alphavar because it drove me into contact with you guys yeah and now you're you're doing ttrpg stuff you're writing for dnd beyond you were putting yeah, out like so dope articles like i love the one you that just came out it, it it's as of the time of recording and it's like why low-level characters should have big magic items yeah, yeah. and i'm like i'm like oh, heck yeah like it's so true Right. And it's, it's everything you said in that article, just like boom, boom, boom. Perfect. Yeah. And I think I, I probably would have entered the TTRPG writing space a little bit uh, eventually, but, but with you guys, it, it drove me to want to start contributing more and to be less of a background figure and start speaking up a bit more, which is, which, you know, is, is a personal thing. You know, I'm used to kind of being in the background. I'm not really used to putting my voice out there and making long Twitter threads, even though I think I made one about the orc discourse back in last, whenever that was, last April or something like that. But uh, being on the L5R stream really helped me get into that mindset. That, that yeah. feel, yeah, and like, and Emma too, right? You're, you started working in TTRPGs because of the stream. Yeah. I so not have otherwise, I don't think. Yeah, and like, oh, so so I want to go back to what you said, Jeremy, and it's, you said that you're... Whoa, whoa, Daniel, oh. you're going to blow past this question and not even answer it yourself? What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> well, producer Daniel, uh, I believe the question was kind of, it just like thinking back, like, what are your yeah. thoughts and feelings about this series as a whole? Oh, well, yeah, I thought I said that, you know, it's just gratitude. Um, <laughs> so look, wholesome. No, I mean, like, look, I think L5R, like, Asians Free L5R did, does everything that we as Asians represent, exclamation mark, limited, wanted to do, right? And that's like, look, we want to, you know, empower Asian creators. We want to entertain and we want to educate. And we did all three of those, right? I thought we were hella entertaining when we were doing this stream. I thought we were hella educational, when we were doing the stream and, you know, hearing that, like, you know, Jeremy is like, yeah, I, Jeremy, no doubt that you would have started doing TTRPG stuff, but eventually, hearing, but, but yeah, but like hearing not, that it kind of accelerated yeah. that, um, or, or, you know, empowers you to go do it, like fills me with gratitude and likewise with you, Emma. Right. Um, like, I think, I think that's one of my favorite things about Asians represent is when people get opportunity to work in a, in an industry that, they really enjoy whether it be like a full-time gig or like this thing that brings in, you know, a little bit of extra cash that lets you, you know, buy into this, you know, industry even more. Right. Like, I love that. Like Steve, you know, you without Asians represent, like, like I'm sure you still would have been writing on, on unbreakable, but I like to think that Asians represent helped you get on unbreakable volume one. Um, and now look at your best-selling author. You're working on other things now. And I know Asians represent definitely helped me. Right. I would I I would not be on Candlekeep if if not for Asians represent. Right. So I, I think L5R was like, you know, my thoughts on it. Would I play L5R? I'll go to that one because we're going to talk about Jeremy's enthusiasm about it. Um, would I play L5R? With the right people. Yes, I would. Um, am I enthusiastic about L5R in the world of Rokugan? I am still intrigued by it very intrigued by it. And every time I see a piece of, L and I, I, I maintain that L5R has some of the best art in TTRPGs, yes. some of the best art in TTRPGs. Yeah. Um, I, every time I see a piece of art, I'm like, I want to know more. 
So when I was looking through the fourth edition player's handbook, I was scrolling through and I saw a piece of art and it was a scorpion clan person. It was like a woman. Oh, she had of like course a, a scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. She had like an umbrella and it had the scorpions on it. She was standing uh-huh. in front of like a temple. But the thing is, she she didn't have a mask on. Right. And so having having like read through, uh, you know, L5R and knowing about the Scorpion clan, I was like, oh, why is she wearing a mask? And I was just intrigued. And I don't get that in d and I don't look through D&D and be like, oh, why does that? Why is that elf wearing that thing? I never get that. Right. But L5R does. And then there was this two page spread, the, the coolest spread. And had I not read the fifth edition core rule book this two-page spread would not have been as cool. And it's a two-page spread, and it's literally the wall. And it's the Crab Clan fighting off fucking hordes of demons, just like in the Chinese movie, The Great Wall. And, it, and this piece of art is just so ridiculous because it looks like the, the, the demons and all the tainted are literally cl- overflowing over the wall. And the art is just so ridiculous. And knowing the crab clan lore and knowing everything else. I'm just like, I think that's, that's hella dope. And I want to tell the story there. Right. Yeah. So I, I, my, my, to lead into the, to the next sort of bit is like, I feel like reading L5R gave me an understanding of what people are enthusiastic about. I, I get why people like L5R. I totally get it. The community is super passionate. And I think that in itself draws people to it. I think the art is bomb the absolute irony is that in the beginning at the very very beginning of l5r history the art was probably some of the worst you will ever have seen in card <laughs> game history art is rough. i am not kidding you showed some great things like I, yeah you showed us dragon stuff. dude like oh my goodness oh like, the dragon centaur yeah, the dra- yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was great just like oh his butt's a dragon cool yeah. like <laughs> No, but um, yeah, L5R is, uh, has a great setting. It's, um, it, it's a space that a lot of people have been intrigued about for so long, Asia, that people haven't got, had a chance to really play in it. Yeah, they got a chance to, you know, you know, what their feet in with um, Oriental Adventures and stuff like that. But this was like the first time that the system was kind of built from the ground up to reflect an Asian aesthetic. Um, in, in the world, like it was basically, you know, supposed to be Asia. The biggest draw, the biggest thing that um, L5R had for me, like, you know, this is me looking at the last, the whole history of L5R, not just FFG's version of L5R, but going from the second day of Thunder, right? The biggest thing that L5R always had um, holding it back to me was that it kind of just limited itself to saying that it was Japan, but um, we're borrowing all these other stuff from everywhere else, right? So I always felt that it was just always kind of like being really timid about that. And I, I really always feel like if you are going to represent Asia, represent the entire continent, go from Saudi Arabia to Oceania. Don't just try to focus on any particular sliver of the continent because you can't. You really can't. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I noticed is that, you know, with Oriental Adventures, it was always like, yeah, that's, this isn't really Asia. It's, it's, this, is, this is not, this is fantasy. It's just made up. But with, with L5R, it, was, it just seemed so, so overtly Japan. Yes. Yeah. But it was weird because they, they seemed to try to hide that 
at least exactly. in the core book and, where and they're because, just like yeah oh this is roku god i'm like not it's, y'all this is it's, japan it's not japan <laughs> except when it is yeah. it's not japan except when it is and then yeah. it's um it's all these it's japan putting on the clothing of other cultures it's japan protect it's japan being superimposed to other cultures but the japanese culture is still superimposed on that too yeah yeah it, that, it, it's it's aggressively japanese and also aggressively not japanese yeah. It is. <laughs> you should put that on the next book. It's aggressively Japanese, but also not, Steve. Yeah. It's aggressively Japanese, but don't say it because we'll deny it. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So it's always, uh, it, that thing's kind of like always limited to me. Um, I was limited to L5R. Now my whole thing with, do I still love L5R as, um, as an IP? Yeah, I do. Do I love the whole story behind L5R? Absolutely do. Like I was telling people, you can't, like I, I, will, I will take my L5R books to, with me when I go. And it kind of hurts me that um, my cards are, I still can't find my cards after the move. So that oh, no. really, oh. yeah, um, not kidding about that part, by the way. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Leave me your GoFundMe. And we'll we'll fix this. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. Look, I know where the cards are. I don't know where the box is. Like it's the box is somewhere, and I don't know which pile of boxes that box is in. That's possibly even worse. Like I'm so sorry to hear that. So, uh, I I have a very similar anxiety. I I actually own one of the original when third edition D and D was out. They made those minis, the original D and D minis. I have I the Dritzdoward and mini, <laughs> and I don't know where it is, but I. You got to find him in time to play Dark Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, anyways, live yeah, stream so, Dark Alliance. Let's go ahead. So sorry that that's the thing. I like I, I you know Jeremy's enthusiasm wavered and and yours never did. And I think one consistent thing that we talked about was liking L five R doesn't make you a bad person. Liking L five R doesn't make you you know a racist. Like there was nothing wrong with liking L five R. And and I think the thing that you constantly said, Sar, on stream was, it's okay to like L5R, but we also have to acknowledge its its flaws, and we have to try as a community to acknowledge these flaws and collectively push for them to be improved upon. Absolutely, it's uh, to me one the other thing that I felt like uh, um, a surprise. Um, Spoiler alert, um, FFG is canceling L5R LCG, in case anybody did not know that. Um, one of the things, yes, FFG horribly mismanaged L5R. I'm not going to give them a pass on that. FFG, I believe, mismanaged L5R, the card game. Um, but on the other part of that, I think the community also drove away a lot of, um, a lot of potential players by not acknowledging the problematic parts of L5R. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's so interesting because I think you talk about you know driving away fans, and I think you know I, I can't say anything about the card game because we never experienced that, or it's nor did we experience really its community. But but I think one of the things that kind of pushed me away from L five R was the fact that there's just so much lore, and so much of it is not in the books, like the RPG yes. books. And that's where, like, you know, we have Monty, and like Monty, you know, you you've written for the L5R, just the RPGs, right? Right, just the RPGs. Yeah, just the RPGs. And like, I'm curious about, you know, 
your kind of feelings about L5R. And I don't want to at all compromise any future work that you have. And, and again, to work on L5R also isn't a bad thing because, you know, if people are thinking like you, Monty, and uh, if fans are thinking like you, Sar, you know, L5R can only get better, right? So like, I, I want to know how, how you're feeling about L5R, given that you've, you've written for it and given that you've been on 40 hours of, of conversations with us about it. Um, wow. Okay. That's a really big question. Um, it's, it's kind of weird, um, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, as a freelancer, I kind of like, I don't get to dive deep into certain like properties as much as I would like to. And so when we did the 40 hours, um, uh, those episodes, I actually hadn't touched L5R for a long time because like I had already gone on for like, you know, a couple of other work assignments. And um, I don't know if I'm just getting older, but I have a limited amount of information my brain can hold. And I actually like, I think I actually deleted part of like L5R for information. Uh, when <laughs> that star came along. Cause I'm like, I used to know I, it's like, I used to know this, but my brain has an empty hole for that. Information. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so, um, which is even funnier because we went through the rule book and I'm like, wait, I knew these rules. Why don't I remember them? Um, so, oh, but what do I think about now? Um, I think it's very like it's very mixed like everyone else. There are some parts that I like. Um, there are always things I wish they could do better. Um, I'm also I'm also a very big like what's the word? I'm very much in the like in the indie ga RPG games where it's how to explain it. Um, my brain just shorted out. I think I just found that hole in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, watch watch out for that gap there. Mind that yeah, gap. That gap. <laughs> um, there are different kinds of stories I, I wish the game system could like help tell. Right. That I don't, I don't really see it happening. You know, um, that's very vague, I think. And, well, I, I think we saw that L5R, yeah. you know, while, you know, we could say these cool stories and make things up, like much of L5R is about uh, like court drama, right? That, that combat war, politics and those fucking custom dice sorry i i i i, I, I don't like custom dice so not over it and i love custom dice so that's not a problem for me. Uh, i do too <laughs> i don't like custom dice because it's just it's just hard for me to kind of grasp i don't know it's just how my brain is wired watch one day i'm going to work on a project with custom dice and this audio clip is just going to come up <laughs> yeah definitely the internet never forgets yeah oh yeah but like, um, so yeah, the core book is all about this court drama about these aristocrats and like Path of Ways was fun to work on because it was about everyone else, the people who are like forgotten. And I could see the game kind of pushing in different directions from there, right? Um, but uh, right, like, the, but the next books that are coming out are, are, you know, are about the different clans and again, the courtly drama, the, the aristocrats and stuff like that. So yeah, but anyway, that's my thing. That's, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting point. It's like you bring up, you know, many of the things that freelance writers uh, that, that I've certainly experienced working in games. It's like you work on a project, you get really, really deep into it, and then you move on to the next one and that hard drive fills up. And by the time you're ready for that next game, you're like, I can't install this new game because I have all these other game files. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start deleting things to make room for this new one. 
It happened um, to me, actually. Like I, I, I mentioned to you guys, I read through Wheel of Judgment, the uh, L5R yeah. adventure that takes place in hell, basically, with your characters transforming into Oni. And it's been uh, about a year since the L5R campaign I was playing in ended. And I was like, how do I read these stat blocks? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. What the, am I looking these, at? These They're real pretty, are pretty, but... but I don't remember how to play this game. Um, and you know, it's interesting. So I was playing uh, pretty frequently in an L5R campaign up until maybe, I don't know, May or June of, of last year. And for a while, it was, it was one of the, the RPGs I thought of the most, along with like D&D, Pathfinder, and Call of Cthulhu. Like L5R was right up there. And I remember when, you know, when you guys originally started your episodes, your live stream of L5R, and I was watching it, I actually felt kind of defensive because I was in the mm -hmm. middle of playing this campaign. It was a pretty good time. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, they, they need to get somebody who actually knows the lore. And then Sar came on. I was like, okay, well, they got someone. And then uh, they're and then, listening to me. They're listening. And then I was like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, man, they got some points here, you know. And, and then I came on. And then I talked about how my enthusiasm wavered. Um, and it wasn't an immediate thing. Uh, and there are definitely still facets of L5R that I, that I really like, like the Crab Clan. I'm quite interested in the Mantis Clan, actually. Um, but at some point, I think just through going through all those chapters in the book with you guys, I realized that during the campaign that I played in, they were, there were an awful lot of odd little microaggressions that I didn't even notice. Like the time when you know my dm started speaking fake japanese and oh i was oh. you know i i kind of laughed it off because he's a guy that you know i knew personally and, and we all laughed at you know anime inspired japanese but looking back now i'm like I, I probably wouldn't tolerate that now and i wouldn't really want to participate long term in a campaign that treated that as a joke um, and there were other things as well, you know, the fact that I was the only person at the table who was Asian and had some knowledge of Japanese and could tell at times when certain interpretations of characters played by my friends were approaching stereotypical. I mean, I, I don't think I had the vocabulary to really process those interactions back then, but I did after I started reading through the book with you guys and so that's why i think my enthusiasm wavered somewhat and right now i would play l5r again but with the right people who are perhaps more attuned to the sensitivities that go into you know playing uh, fantasy make-believe in a world inspired very much by japan i play l5r with you guys i play l5r with the right sort of folks who have some actual deep knowledge of either the lore of Rokugan or the lore of actual Japan and, and know how to respectfully portray it in, in that uniquely balanced way. I probably am not going to go back to playing Alpha with the group that I was originally playing with. Um, not because, you know, I hate those guys. I do, you know, I, I enjoy their company, but I think I'm looking for a different level of play now. And I think that's what I mean by my enthusiasm changing. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, I, I maintain that I would I would love for the six of us to play L5R, yeah. to do some sort of L5R one shot, I think would be incredible. I think it's the only way I would play L5R. <laughs> we could play the new Otter Clan. Hold up, Otters, wait, there's an Otter? Yeah, there yeah is sorry. Otter, otter clan, clan sounds kind of cool. Sorry, shared that, yeah. There is wait. now. It's officially canon. 
there they float is through honor. the water just holding hands. That's Wait, which clan? The otter clan or the other clan? Ah. <laughs> Do a bad problem. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm. This is going to sound kind of shitty, but I would need tons of convincing to play in an L5R game, even with the six of you. And after going through the books and everything like that, there was just so many times where I was reading the text. I'm like, this is really cool. And literally the next paragraph be like, wow, that's, I hate that. And that makes me feel very like vulnerable. And maybe it's just like a me problem, but this whole like ping pong and it's like this whole like back and forth of my emotions uh, was super jarring and just not a pleasurable experience. And I will say that I, I really want to want to play L5R. And I had recently finished watching season one on Netflix of Demon Slayer because I'm just like, yeah, let's just take a look at like fantasy samurai and just like wild powers that they have and just like how they cut up demons. And like, maybe that'll really make me want to play L5R. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is after I watched season one, I was like, L5R is not the best system for this kind of like action oriented kind of thing. We can make it, we can make it do that for sure. We could like, focus on those things. And as the six of us, we could really lean into that. It'd be a great time, but we could do the same with like fate. <laughs> we could just pick up another game and just like have the exact same experience. In fact, we'd probably be less restricted and have to do a lot less backtracking of like, and, and hacking of it. Um, and I was like, ah, like, what am I going to get at L5R? And to this day, I don't know what I'm going to get out of it. For me, I'll be honest, it's a, a big part of it is, is nostalgia. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, valid. Sure. A, a big part of it is nostalgia. It's like, you know, like you said, when I was when I, the first time in 1997, when I picked up the first pack of L5R, that was the first time I saw anybody that looked like me, badly drawn, but it still looked like me. Yeah. You know, um, but and that just that that's that, that love for that, that 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 validation way back then. You know, even though I think believe it's misguided validation, um, still carries on to this day, and I still love the setting and I still love the product. Uh, I, I, the one thing that I, that I will get that I will say about the people that really do love L5R is, we love the lore because we had a hand in yeah. building the lore. Yeah, that is probably the biggest hook that anybody that loves l5r has with l5r we built the story we decided that the tory was going to be emperor we decided who was going to be which wind was going to be the next emperor we decided which son which which clan was going to foot the next emperor we decided all that the, the community decided all that and that's probably the reason why people have such investment in l5r and what I what I want to say to them is that we can get that investment again in a setting that you know that actually is respectful, and it's not it's not something that we have to hold on to because let's admit it there was a lot of mistakes that the community made the elephant for one, um, but so we can this is a chance for us to go back and um, rectify those mistakes that we made in storytelling. Yeah, I mean, like, can you imagine if D and D had that, and it's just like, hey, oh fans, community, let's decide 
who's which faction is going to take over this city a first of all that'd be really cool but b has like a lot of problems built into that yes could you like this is the way that um the way that the emperor storytelling especially like you know the first day of thunder it was as if you were saying to dnd community what if your gods is going to die you guys get to pick which one is robin gonna die it's it's that (gasps) how dare you how dare you what it happened i know yeah. and then it didn't happen <laughs> it's interesting for me how many robins are there now there's uh four four yeah four. five if you count jaro the little batman has a little starfish a, a version yeah. of starro that he saved in a jar that calls itself jaro and wears a cape it's like i'm gonna be your robin dad um, <laughs> but i have this a love-hate relationship with the lore of rokugan I appreciate how in-depth it is. I definitely appreciate how the community has fostered it and helped it grow. At the same time, a part of me just doesn't feel like learning all of it to run a game. And I know I don't have to, but for some reason, when it comes to L5R, I feel like I do. Um, there, actually, there, there is a certain accessibility there. Like, I don't feel like I need to know every D&D Forgotten Realm setting, you know, uh, or Pathfinder setting, or I mean, Call of Cthulhu is just the real world. So I, yeah. I, but for L5R, perhaps because the community is so outspoken, I feel as if, you know, I kind of need to, I, I want to, I, I guess what I want is, is almost a more generic samurai game that's not L5R, but L5R is uniquely Rokugan, and you can't really escape escape that. Absolutely. And here is another reason why I want to say that um, I get it. Because if you look at L5R from 1st edition to 4th edition, it was one long, continuous story. Yeah. It was for all that years, one long, continuous story, right? Um, whereas we see other systems like Vampire, we see um, Cyberpunk, we see D&D even. Each new edition kind of revamps the story a little bit, kind of resets the story a little bit, kind of moves the story in a new setting. So you get to tell new stories instead of just continuing the old one. That's the one that's, I think, one of the big issues with L5R is that for 20 odd years, we were just playing the same story from start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard to get into. I have, yeah. similar, I, have, I have similar feelings with World of Darkness for the same reason, but actually a little bit less. Like, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, I feel like there's, there's more wiggle room there to just tell kind of the generic vampire story. Whereas L5R, it often just feels like you're kind of poked and prodded. And even just reading, you know, Wheel of Judgment, I was like, oh, you know, I have to dig around and search for L5R lore on the cosmos. And <laughs> there's a lot there. And, you know, I'm, I'm also confused because I know like, real history Japanese thoughts about the cosmos. And, and yeah. that is a disconnect in my brain, actually. Yeah. yeah so, so that said, like, I, I want to, I want to know more. Like, I want to know about you, Emma, like <laughs> L5R, you've, you've, okay. So you've played D and D now. Ooh. I have. You have yeah. played D and D. We, we have played, we played a two shot and it was, I had so much fun. It was I had, fun. So, I had yeah. so much fun. And one of our friends rolled a one and then just like shit things went got out. real. <laughs> <laughs> things got really real. Um, but like having played D and D having played for the queen and having read, you know, the L5R core, core rule book, I, I'd love to know where you kind of sit now, because I mean, your opinion at the end of the series, I, 
I don't want to assume that it's different now, but it must have changed given that you've now interacted with a lot of the TTRPG community. You've read Caratour as another sort of setting frame of reference, and you've now played TTRPGs. Like, where does where does L5R kind of fit now in the, like, I want to play it, um, I think it's interesting to examine, or, you know, I like the setting, or I'm curious about the setting. Like, where do you kind of fit in there? It's It's a little tricky because, yeah, I've, played some games now, but reading the core book kind of sets you up to run the game, right? So it's a little bit different because, oh no, I have no aspirations to like run like the core book version of L5R. If anything, it gave me ideas of things that would be fun to do that weren't what we were reading. Because I think I said it early on and I stick by it. I'm not generally excited by samurai stuff because it's so done. And for me, it's really caught up in those like stereotypes of what Japan is and Western eyes. And so I don't necessarily or interact with those things. Mm-hmm. But like, it, yeah, it, it was still my introduction to reading these things and uh, interacting with the community, which I must say, um, I don't know if you were going to have a question about like what surprised you the most, but yeah, there is a question. I'm just going to say mine now so you don't have to bother is I was actually surprised by, because I kind of had the sense that the L5R community was quite strong and that there was a lot of information (laughs) and a lot of feelings And so I was kind of preparing for like an Oriental Adventures level lashback when we did this. And I was particularly expecting a, who is this person? What are they doing here? They straight up say they don't know anything about this world. So what the hell? (laughs) And that didn't really happen. Granted, I haven't read the YouTube comments. (laughs) They're pretty positive. They're they're pretty positive. I I have read... I have read the 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 positive ones, the not so positive ones, and there have not been comments to the hateful level of Oriental Adventures. And that's what surprised me in a good way was that this was well received and almost asked for by some of the community members. And a lot of the times if people did want to like start to argue about things, it was about lore. <laughs> So I'd be like, that's not how it is in Japan. They're like, yeah, but in the lore, I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't talk about that. I don't know, but still. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, talking about, you know, the, you know, what surprised us in, in, in the lore, it very much, I, the community, I, 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 correct me if, if, if I'm, if this is, isn't how you, you folks felt, but for, for me, it was like, it almost felt as though the L5R community was reacting in like the exact opposite way the people who really loved Oriental Adventures did. You know, for Oriental Adventures, people were like, y'all don't know what you're talking about. This is old. Get alive. You Are you suck. even Asian? Really? Are you yeah, even Asian? Seriously. Like that Steve guy doesn't look Asian. Like, um, I, 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 my, my wife's Asian. I, I, I can love Oriental Adventures. Oh. Like we've seen, we've seen it all. Um, but for for L5R, the community it like kind of 
vibing with what you said, sir, was almost like, hey, I know L5R gets a bad rep, but here's why it's cool. Here's why we really like it. And we want you to see this. And it was almost like the, the community understood that there's this barrier to entry. And they kind of saw our critiques as us trying to create a, a greater barrier to entry. And the community kind of reacted in a way where they were trying to show us why they loved L5R. And that, that really caught me off guard in a good way. We, I, I, it's, it's like what I said earlier, we built L5R for better or for worse. There are characters in L5R CCG that are based off my friends in real life. And how, how, yeah, we get it. The way, okay. So I've said this about L5R dying and I use this analogy and I'm going to use it again. I know, I know there's people that's trying to keep the card game going right now. And I just say, let it go. Please just let it go. It can't be the product you want because here's the deal. L5R is your racist grandpa. We love grandpa. We really love grandpa. We have a lot of great memories with grandpa. But can you really excuse everything that he said? That's a really good way of putting yeah. it. <laughs> I like that because there's a lot of people out in the world who have the privilege who can be like, yeah, we can just ignore everything grandpa said, but there are a lot of people out there, a lot mm -hmm. who cannot. And to allow those things to exist within like the community is overall harmful. Yes. And it's great that it doesn't harm you, but you're, you are obligated to look at the harm it's doing to other people. Like that's being an ally. And I think the, the L5R community that we interacted with just seemed more willing to acknowledge that. They are. Yeah. And we know, we know it's racist grandpa. We get that it's racist grandpa. The thing is, some people really love racist grandpa. Other people are ready to just pull the plug and say, we can go ahead and put up a monument now. Like racist <laughs> grandpa tells some really great stories, but you know these stories. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Now, now, speaking of community, we, we kind of put it out on our Twitter and our Discord uh, asking people if they had any questions. So we're almost at the hour mark. So I want to try to rapid fire through some of these questions. And I think we might like double back on some of our, our previous answers. Um, but I'd love to try to give some of these questions some time. So on Twitter, let the Wookiee win asked, have you read any of the other material, either expansions or content from previous editions since the stream ended? Do you want the long list or the short? Okay, let's just say Sar read it all. Sar's <laughs> yes. Hey, this question, this question wasn't for you, Sar, because we know yeah. the answer. Sar, yes. Me, no. Uh, um, Steve? Oh, Jeremy? 3.5 Rokugan, but we read that before L5R before. and didn't go back. Uh, so I guess no, technically. Um, I read the Wheel of Judgment Adventure, which I didn't like as much as I hoped, actually, because it felt kind of railroady and like the player characters. I mean, they're in Jigoku, so they're out of their league, but it just felt like what they did did not really matter as much as I kind of wanted it to. Um, perhaps if I was had more intimate knowledge of the L5R cosmology, I might have liked it more. So that one kind of bummed me out, actually. Okay. How, your, how mileage, you? your mileage may vary. <laughs> how about you, Monty? Uh, well, I wrote in the next upcoming book, so maybe that counts. That counts. Sure, yeah. 
I, I looked at <laughs> I looked at two pieces of art in the fourth edition player's handbook this morning. And that, that was it. Um, and uh, you know what? I liked them both. The, the Crab Clan one. Mm, mm, great. Anything Crab Clan. Mm. Um, OK, so I think this is more of a of a SAR question. Um, but David Gordon Buresh, S&D Works, asked a ton of questions. But one of them actually relates to some new news for L5R. And their question was, um, in February of 2021, Fantasy Flight Games announced that it was ending the L5R living card game, uh, which is the flagship L5R product. It definitely seems like the card game is far more popular than the RPG. Uh, while the novels and RPG are continuing, no new product has been announced for either of these. What are your thoughts? I think this is more for you, Sar. Well, we know that the RPG and the novel line is continuing. Um, the novellas are also continuing. They got, I believe, two more. They got a release, uh, Lion and I can't, and Scorpion. Lion, no, Lion and I can't remember which one. Um, but uh, so those are still continuing. The RPG line's continuing. I don't, FFG owns the IP of Legend of the Five Rings outright, which means Asmodee owns the IP of Legend of the Five Rings outright. Asmodee owns um, Edge and Aconite, which are still continuing to publish L5R products. So with, that leads me to believe that a Asmodee company is going to publish a L5R competitive game at some point, competitive or cooperative game, because the newest edition, the newest expansion for L5R, the card game is going to have a co-op element to it. Um, so that's going to be a good, that one thing, I don't know where L5R is going. I want to see where, what, uh, where Asmodee takes L5R, but at the same time, I'm not going to wait around. I would rather just see other people try to create something new. Let's, Instead of trying to build on potentially on potential landmines, let's start with a new field. Yeah. I always thought an L5R war game, like a miniatures war game or a skirmish game, could be really neat. They um, had one. Battle well, they, have, they have one, they but, have one. but more yeah. in line with indie tabletop games. So there's, yeah. a, really, there's a really cool one called um, Rangers of Shadow Deep. And it's like co-op or you could play it solo. And what's really neat is that there are these pre-made scenarios and you kind of, it's kind of like D&D, but solo. But it'd be really cool to do that with, with Rokugan. Like, you know, create your own characters, go through these scenarios or, you know, have massive battles like in Warhammer, but in their sort of Warhammer 40K has its own campaign. So you're actually creating these narratives and getting attached to your characters that are on the battlefield. That, they'd be neat, but... I don't know if much of the L5R fan base is really into wargaming. Um, there was L5R miniatures clan war way back in the day. Oh, okay. There you go. Or if it was a board game. Now, same, same user, different question. And I think one that is much more lighthearted. You're in charge of creating a new minor clan. They could be any animal, real or mythical, for their icon and they must have some duty as a focus, like, you know, like the Falcon clan, they hunt ghosts and things like that. What are they called and what do they do? And, and like, Sar, feel free to, or, or Monty or Jeremy, if you know the answer, feel free to interject if that animal already exists. Uh, I was thinking I, about this. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I see, see for me, it. I want to pick something that's like, I, I want to go for like raccoon clan. <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 Also because like, I like raccoons. I like the fact that they like clean their food and I would love the fact that I'm kind of on this thing lately. I would love the, if there was a clan, they were responsible for like agriculture and the culinary arts, like the court, like the trends in food. Cause I feel like nobody's mm-hmm. talking about that. What are the trendy things to eat uh, in Rokugan? I saw this comment earlier. Oh, is that crane? That's crane. Oh, uh, F. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't think the animals take it, but the, the job might be, but I was thinking about this cause I saw the tweet earlier and it's like, one of my favorite animals uh, are squirrels. Mm-hmm. So like squirrel clan. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think what they would be in charge of is we have like all of the knowledge keepers and the keeper of records, but what about more on the archeology span side, like the keeper of mysterious or oh. antiques and objects. And so the squirrels are responsible for <laughs> a clan of like Indiana Jones and Laura Crofts. Yes. Here's, here's what's going to end up happening with that clan. And I would absolutely love to see it. They would be the ones digging it up and the Phoenix would be the one going around the empire and said, Hey, what, this is what we found. <laughs> and then I the squirrels this. pack it away and keep, keep track of and, it. And the squirrels pack it away, keep track of it. And the Phoenix goes like, and then it's like one day the squirrel's going to be like, we found this, but we don't want to tell the Phoenix. Yeah. Does the squirrel hide, hide forget it, hide about it. all the things that they've hidden as well? They're just like, Oh yeah, this thing. That's Everything's cool in a big warehouse. There's a catalog, but maybe it's all out of order. And- Secret warehouses I- too. No, no. Th- we, we, okay, okay, okay. We actually need the Squirrel Clan because the Phoenix don't know where anything is and this Squirrel Clan can totally explain why. <laughs> yes. I did it. I made a thing. You did it. There you go. Emma made a thing. I am, I am not suited to L5R. I what think, about the rest of you? I think my clan... Because I already talked about Demon Slayer. My clan would be the Boar clan. It would have literally just one member, and it's me. Uh, and I'm just going to take everyone else's abilities, and they're going to be cross-school school stuff, but I'm just going to name it after myself. And I'm like, I made this, and I am who I am, and you all can just go away. And it's going to be a boar. <laughs> There's already a boar clan. I know, but I want the Demon Slayer <laughs> reference. <laughs> Look, hashtag oh, redraw Nosuke. Just like, give me more Nosuke art, is what I'm saying. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sorry, is there a, is there a mouse clan? No, there's not. What? There's no mouse clan? Is there, no is, there mouse a, clan. is there a rat clan for the Zodiac? There, there are the ratlings. Oh, I don't necessarily Oh, they're, like, they're like an actual creature. The they're, 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 they are yeah, creatures. Yeah. They're the Yeah, yeah. They, I saw them in the fourth edition book. Okay. So, yeah, Monty, a mouse? I think I want my mouse clan to be a bunch of like anarchists and rebels who like say screw the imperial system and they found some like isolated place and like as just almost as a joke and f you to have like a little mouse clan symbol right I mean they might not survive <laughs> but you know they they're gonna go down with their middle fingers up so love that, love that. <laughs> how about you Jeremy um so there already is a turtle clan right yes. yeah there is they're the, turtle. I, they're the tortoise tortoise clan but i kind of just want there to be a turtle clan of like kind of like mantis clan except um they they actually ride and have befriended gigantic turtles like dragon turtles that are just swimming in rokugan's waters and they protect the environment specifically the ocean i i like that concept i don't think that really exists in rokugan but it would exist in my version of rokugan because i like turtles 
Yeah, that's, that's sweet. <laughs> I like I mean, and, and I would have them come into contact with like the mantis and and other seafaring um seafaring folk heck hell i'd bring in like seventh sea and just connect the world <laughs> and have like you know the ships from fake portugal their first contact with rokugan be like these turtle folk people just chilling <laughs> but, but you, you said specifically sea. dragon turtles so that's even scarier yeah, yeah 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 i just want there to be i think because i recently watched the gamera movies but like i think i just want like big ass turtles in the sea and uh humans on top of them protecting the environment <laughs> see my minor clan um and i know people in l5 are going to totally flame me for this just because there is some hidden like super deep hidden l5r lore when i think about this clan um i, wa I want to create a the owl minor clan and Ooh. i want them to be like the keeper of all hidden of all obscure and esoteric knowledge in all of, in all of the world mm. like you do you need to know how many steps how many um thumbs it takes to go from kyun uh kyun bayushi to otosan uchi they'll know how many steps that they actually measured it that's cool that's I, cause you, when you said owl i immediately went to batman court of owls and i was like oh. <laughs> ooh secret society in rokugan that you know a, a clan in rokugan who basically are dead and they only yeah. come around when they're asked to. Like, <laughs> oh, damn, that sounds that, pretty cool. Um, oh my god, that could. Oh my god, that that's like that 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 has like some significant lore implication if there's you a, do that. There's a lot of like a weird kind of necromancy, but not necromancy from what I know about L5R, and uh -huh. it's it's like wishy washy enough that yeah, you could just have these sarcophagi or like other like burial sites that just are dormant until they're not dormant anymore and like that could totally happen yeah great, totally can. Great campaign yeah i play that yeah that sounds cool. dope okay so yeah. next question um we'll try to keep this one fast um if we can adam ali asks um is there a thing about l5r that we as individuals love and think was done really well and what aspects of l5r would need to be seriously rewritten uh if there was a new edition and, oh, and I guess there's a little caveat here. Is, is there something that when you read it genuinely surprised you? So I think I, I echo what you said before, Daniel. The art for me is like, I was yeah. always blown away by how great the art was, especially in 5e. Just like always so, so good. Um, if there was something that had to absolutely had to be rewritten right off the get-go for the next L5R, Hante's like children, their <laughs> names are all like Japanese for like Fulong change them so that you actually have a wide breadth of asian sounding names so have a name that sounds vietnamese have one that sounds korean and just lay that in the groundwork you don't have to necessarily do anything off about it off the get-go but it will actually help because right now you just coded the only chinese god to be the evil one and it's like that's not great yeah yeah or, or you know just like maybe don't have one be chinese yeah Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like your idea, Steve. Um, what, what about you, Emma? What, what, what do you, what did you love and what would you rewrite? It's hard for me. I, well, first of all, memory is not so great right now, <laughs> but like, I don't know if I loved anything was just like absolutely yeah. in love with any part of it. Um, it surprised me that it wasn't, overtly racist is that something i could say yeah that's that's something you could say that's Absolutely. valid, that's that, valid uh, yeah. um, based on some of the 
representations of Japan in particular that I'm used to seeing from like 1980s franchises made in America by who knows who, but like I was expecting it to be a little more cringy, but it was surprisingly subtle, which doesn't necessarily make it better, just makes it different. Um, but I don't know. I didn't hate it. I just, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't anything that I was head over heels about. <laughs> yeah. Although I do like, I, I clearly see the potential of even just the clan system and the character building aspect of it and the potential Although I think we talked about plenty of times that the the heftiness of the lore kind of takes away from that potential, but it doesn't have to. Uh, but there is so much room for telling stories that that's like a great something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I, I don't think the first part of the question applies to you, Sar. His like, what do you love? I think was done well. But I would like to know, Sar, like, what aspects of L5R would you like to be rewritten? And I think this is specifically for the core rulebook, since this is, you know, what we read for the stream. Specifically for the core rulebook in the sixth edition of L5R, completely divorced Bushido from L5R. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Vote for Sar. Vote for Sar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. Completely divorce it. There is absolutely, I mean, we talked about this. Scorpion's Bushido thing does not make sense for them. Duty, and yet you backstab everyone you need to. Yeah. Well, it's not about honor, it's about loyalty. What's the yeah, difference between uh, honor exactly. and loyalty? But also, that whole Bushido as a religion thing, just like. Uh, right. It, please. Uh, right, right, right. So um, let's divorce that and let's, let's redo the all whole honor system, maybe. And let's read. Um, I, I like the whole masking and unmasking thing. I kind of like that, you know. Sometimes, because let's face it, sometimes we we have uh, we have had it up to here, you know. Yeah, I so, think there are cool role play implications for that. Mm -hmm. So, how about Monty? What whatever you can answer. <laughs> um, if, if, perhaps if you were to write something that that hasn't been written yet, what would it be? No, oh, good grief. <laughs> um, I just follow orders and write whatever they want me to write. No. Um, <laughs> what if they were like, hey, Monty, here's some cash. Just write something for L5R. Um, I want to back up a little bit. I, I do want to say I do like the character creation system in L5R. 20 questions. Yeah. 20, 20 questions. Yes. Yes. I, I forgot uh, about that. I don't think the game leverages enough, but it by the time you're done, you actually get a lot of information. Like, you now all of a sudden have, like, you know, NPCs you can pull from, family members, clan members, like, you know. Your, your character's like understanding of the world. And it's all like a good jam, I think, can see all that and just all of a sudden just bl blossom with whole, a bunch of different plot possibilities. Um, although, although, again, I think the book doesn't help the GM leverage that information well in digestible chunks. Um, wow, what would I? Um, I, I think I personally, a little disappointed that the the there's a separation between the the quote unquote real world and the spirit world. I feel like there should be a little more blending, um, kind of lean into kind of the more supernatural elements. Uh, um, I think uh, celestial realms and I think Mendes did a lot of work to try to like blend them back in together. But I feel like the game could have a lot of interesting stuff 
um, maybe even going through the like the Demon Slayer thing that like, Steve was talking about that mm-hmm. the game currently doesn't do. So. Right. How about how about you, Jeremy? Um, what uh, what I would like to change for the core. So book? what? So first question was, what did you love? And then what would you rewrite and or so what did you love and or what surprised you and what would you change if you were to rewrite it? Um, I love meeting you guys. No, um, oh. look, look, but <laughs> yeah. I think that's, about, that's, uh, it was you know, the friends you made along the way. <laughs> it was the friends I made along the way. Cause I'd already read, you know, I'd already flipped through the most parts of the Elf of our rule book. I hadn't really sat down and read the whole thing in depth. So I, I mean, my feelings on like I already knew about the cool art. I already knew about the nice character creation system. So, so, and I like those things. Um, but it, you know, the thing that I loved was really, you know, the friends I made along the way. Stuff that I would improve is a new edition of the core rules could really use some of the stuff that Fantasy Flight delegated to the online website. Like, there's a lot of stuff there, like Mantis Clan, which I, I actually very much like Mantis Clan. Um, that's, uh, in my opinion, that should be in the core rules. You know, some of the extra, uh, extra uh, free adventures. I always appreciate work when a core rule book actually has a little beginner adventure in there. Um, I'm just finding out now that Wheel of Judgment has a free supplement online called like Deadly Deathly Turns or something like that, which has a lot more stuff in it than the actual pamphlet that they make you buy. And so it's it's all this free DLC, uh, I guess is the term for <laughs> that we're using in the tabletop space. You know, I'm a, I'm a little bit neutral on DLC when it comes to video games. And when it comes to tabletop games, I think they should just try to stick it in the core rule book as much as possible. So something like that, along with a revision of the Bushido rules, um, as well as generally, like, I, I kind of feel that L5R RPG is sort of a, an afterthought, at least that's how Fantasy Flight seemed to treat it. Like the LCG was what made the money and the RPG used repurposed art and, and you know, was very dependent on lore from the card game. So whatever comes next in the future, I would perhaps like to see the RPG take a bit more of a center stage, if possible. Um, I think that would help with the accessibility factor. I think it would make me feel that like, hey, I don't play the LCG. I'm not as... Uh, up to date on all the new lore but i do like the rpg you know uh you know that's a funny thing you say because that has been something that has been said what since like aeg has had uh l5r because uh the role players would all i, I remember um at one gen con a, a, like basically the entire l5r role player contingency came up to the l5r ccg contingencies and begged them not to make a particular story choice because it would totally screw the rpg up bad yeah oh. yeah and that's kind of my feeling with L5R as an RPG, it's quite dependent on a co-current game mm-hmm. in a way that um, a lot of other properties that I like in the tabletop space aren't. Um, and I personally am not the hugest fan of competitive card games because I suck at them. So <laughs> I'll always I'll always feel a little bit I guess, divorced from, from that side of things. You know, I, I don't even, you know, I, I don't even really check for the uh, D&D magic books just because I don't really play magic. So, so that, that's just my very personal reflection on this. Dope. Dope. Okay, how about you, Steve? 
Uh, I, I gave mine already about the most surprising thing was the art, art. but yep. the I would definitely change the the creation story. Right, just, right, right. It's, yeah, it's loaded. It's loaded. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. For, for a bunch me, of loaded stuff throughout. <laughs> it's basically Greeks creation story. For for me, I think yeah, definitely art. If I were to change something, Emma, you mentioned this already. I would change that focus away from samurai. I would it. I would take the focus away from the samurai. Have the samurai definitely be a part of it. But I want to see other people. I want to see other stories, and I want to make sure the game doesn't make you buy a supplement to go and tell that. Because um, like the whole time, it was just like everyone is like read path of waves, read path of waves. And I was like, yeah. oh, it sounds dope. And maybe if we had been reading path of waves, our feelings about L5R might be a little bit different. Like the mechanical feelings we have about honor and all of that still going to be there for sure. But in terms of themes, path of waves just seems far more interesting to me. Now that's it. There was a question that I was originally going to ask, but it's been three months since the end of the series. Somebody asked one of the, because you know how we had all these little mini games that we wanted to, oh, yeah. that we decide oh, what was your on, favorite, what was your favorite on the, one on the wall? That's resident the evil, the yeah, resident the evil, the resident one. evil one, resident just evil. weird stuff going on in the shadowlands and you play like a contingent protecting the wall. Um, and you know, there are tank controls and you got to turn around in a circle to slash with your sword. So yeah, that's the one I would like to play. Yeah, for, for me, it was that. I, I also couldn't remember any of the other ones because that one was just like still fresh in my head. We went back to the wall a lot. We went, we, we didn't go back to the wall, but um, I actually kind of want to do this. Um, they, uh, okay, so a little bit of a plug here, but uh, Aconite came out with an L5R novel called Night Parade of 100 Demons by Marie Brennan, and it focuses on the Dragon Clan. Um, but basically, um, it follows the story of this one guy who goes on catalog and tried to basically catalog the the yokais of Rokugan. And I kind of, if that doesn't sound like Pokemon, I don't know what does. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I would also, we never mentioned this on stream, but now that we know about all the clans, I would love to play a game of beak, feather, and bone set oh. in a Japanese city. And instead of playing the different guilds, we play the different clans. I think that would be a really cool way to engage with the L5R lore. I would be really interested to know more about how Japanese cities uh, were constructed. Um, and Beak, Feather, and Bone, I think, would give me a lot of information about that. Yeah. So that'd be really, really cool. And it would let us talk about it, too. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, okay. So um, what do you wish that... So Dismally Oriented asked... Um, oh, Ziggy had asked the mini games question. Dismally Oriented asked, what do you wish you had done differently with the L5R read-through? I, I would have wanted, I, you know what? I, I thought we did so much right with the L5R read-through, including so many different voices and so many different sections of people who are kind of adjacent to L5R. But the one thing that I wish we could have done was perhaps dedicate a little bit more time to trying to rectify some of the problems that we saw instead of just calling them out. And, and that's something that we're doing now with Karatur and Alkadim. It's like, okay, let's stop. They're focusing on this thing. This is kind of silly. Let's have our laugh. But seriously, what would we do to fix this? And I think if we had been more purposeful about that, a, we would still be reading L5R now. Yes. Um, 
and uh, yeah, um, and B, we wouldn't have had all of these other series. Uh, it, it's hard to go back to something like this and say, well, I wish we could have done this because if we had done that, we wouldn't have been doing the stuff we're currently doing now. Um, but I, I, but I wonder if, if there's something that we could have done differently or we should do for future analysis. One thing we'd started with in the L5R was after the stream was over, I would jump in discord into voice and we would have like a mini kind of like green room kind of like shindig afterwards. And that just wasn't scalable. It wasn't sustainable. Um, but there was a lot of good conversations that did happen afterwards where the audience would be like, you know, you talked about this one thing and like, I had more feelings that I couldn't get it out in text. Can we talk about it now? And I'd be like, heck yeah. But you know, from being on screen for so long, it can be super exhausting. It just, we couldn't keep that up. Yeah. So my, my wish was we have infinite energy to always do that. <laughs> and but maybe we just should have taken some breaks because I know I totally got burnt out a little and was not as articulate as I would have liked to have been about some topics, which could have led to some confusion over what we were discussing. So maybe we should have done it like every other week instead of every week. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe alternate. Maybe if we take breaks from the wrap up now, we can go and do like a one-off read this thing. It's totally possible too. Um, okay. So we're, we're, we're getting to that like close to hour and a half mark, at least in our recording time, who knows what the final one would be. But there's a question that I, I want us to kind of end with, and it's a long one. I don't know if I'll actually read the whole thing. Sorry, do you think we should read the whole thing? Is, the... uh, is this uh, one from Bobby Denton? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I think you should read the whole thing. Okay, so I'll, I'll read it. Um, so this is from, from uh, Rob Denton. Um, to preface, I am a white author who has worked on Legend of the Five Rings since 2011. I've written for RPGs, short fictions, and one of the clan novellas. As someone who has re-examined his own old work and seen where I thoughtlessly encoded harmful stereotypes into my work, I tried to correct myself and approach my writing for L5R with more sensitivity. I'm inspired by Japanese period dramas, especially Kurosawa and Kobayashi, and storytelling traditions. And I want to continue writing fantasy that is inspired by ancient Japan. I try to research before I write anything, but I'm discovering there is a very fine line between appropriation and appreciation. And sometimes I worry that my ideas will be interpreted harmfully, which sometimes limits my ability to tell the story I'd like to. Uh, I would also prefer not to be yet another regressive voice working against inclusiveness and progress in our industry. All of which is to ask, what advice would you give to an author who wants to appreciate and not appropriate? And then I'll go to a follow-up question just in case. This is from Rob as well. And follow-up question, how much creative freedom is acceptable for a writer who is not from the culture that inspired their writing? Is it possible to reinvent or draw inspiration from cultural aspects without the risk of perpetuating misunderstandings about the culture itself? So I think those questions kind of go together. Um, does anybody want to take a stab at this? It's a really, really tiny, small, yeah. simple question. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. really, really. The I, we ended with the simplest of questions. Yeah. Um, I could, I could start because it's something yeah. that you know I, I have had a lot of anxiety about, um, and it was you know working on Candlekeep, right? 
Um, for, for me, you know, I Candlekeep Mysteries is not L5R. In fact, it is the farthest, farthest thing from L5R. Um, and the adventure that I wrote is, was inspired by, you know, the Kung Fu cinema of the seventies and eighties. Um, and one of the things I was worried about was people thinking that I was leaning into tropes or, or, you know, creating harmful stereotypes. And in my heart, I knew that I didn't, um, and, you know, based on the reception, it, it seems as though people understood what I was doing. This is a really tough thing to do. You know, I've seen, you know, the best of creators and the kindest of creators and the most well-meaning of creators go and do something that is just chock full of harmful stereotypes. You know, a big one, there was a DMs Guild author who had like a whole bunch of oriental adventures themed fifth edition stuff that actually had oriental as a language um and (laughs) and he kind of got raked across the coals and i actually ended up talking to him i pulled a steve and i was like hey you know what let's talk and he you know small town in in a european country and really just didn't know and this all came from a place of appreciation now I think Rob uh, has said a lot of things here that gives me confidence in the stuff that Rob writes. And it's being conscious of the fact that you can do harm. I think a lot of people when they, when they're, you know, they're not Asian and they go and they try to write something Asian for TTRBGs are just like, I spent a summer in Tokyo. This is good. I, I know, I know what to do. I know what's right. Um, but I think just, if you if you approach a project with an understanding of the potential harm you can do, the power that you wield as a non-Asian person writing an Asian story, and the power that, you know, Rob, from what I gather, you are a very influential person in the L5R community, the power that your name has, like understanding that is just is so important to ensuring that what you're doing isn't going to be, you know, appropriation or harmful. Emma, you were going to say something. Oh, uh, just asking those questions is a very important first step. But uh, I did have my own answers to some of the questions. Well, for the last one, not so much because (laughs) saying when is it going too far and how much can you do? It's so dependent on like the context and what it is you're doing. And that's why sensitivity readers exist and cultural consultants. So if you think you're doing something that might not be okay, like you bring on other people. Uh, but for the first part, like what can you do? And you like says you're doing research and that's great. But I think a lot of people when they're looking to use East Asian settings or other cultural settings, they turn to things like history books and let's be honest, white people's descriptions of these cultures. So it's not enough to do sort of quote unquote factual or uh, that kind of historical or cultural research. Uh, It's a lot of work, but you have to kind of delve into the more social and cultural analyses of how these ideas are talked about in the first place. So Asian representations in 
mass media and Western media, you need to go into the history of representations and how those people are talked about in order to even recognize harmful stereotypes. And I think that's a lot of what we talked about with the L5R read through is that idea might not seem so bad until you look at the history of how that word or how that concept has been used against people. And it's a different kind of research and it can be really hard. <laughs> but that again is where a sensitivity reader or people that are experiencing and then also trained in these sorts of things can help. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's absolutely one thing, right. One thing I will say about uh, Robert Denton is he's one of the few authors in L5R, like even like he has written for old L5R and he's written for new L5R. And he's one of the few authors that got it right, who has, um, who actually, who I, I can read his fiction. I know I can read that as a Bobby Denton. And the only thing I know that I need to take care of is I need to keep the lights on because they're always scary. <laughs> <laughs> nice. that's, that's great. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I think to echo what Emma said, if you're going to be publishing something like L5R, Reach out to sensitivity readers. I mean, anybody who's watching this, look, we, we did this huge sensitivity read for free it's pretty true. much. Um, and pay your sensitivity readers, reach out to members of the community. There are actual Asian people that play these games and are affected by them more in, in, an, in an intimate way that deserves recognition. And plenty of Asian creators in the TTRPG space that deserve money. So that is a resource right there. And... On the topic of, you know, the line between appreciation and appropriation, this is, this, is a really, this is a really tough call to make. It's something that, you know, every person ultimately has to decide for themselves. But it, it, as Emma said, do a little bit of research. Ask other people, you know, ask. Don't be afraid to, to get feedback. Um, don't presume that just because you taught English in Tokyo for a year that you really know enough to sensitively portray a culture that is very clearly placed on, uh, very clearly based on Japan. Um, and, you know, the other option is if you're going to write something that's based on another culture, don't hew so closely to that culture where you're going to risk really offending and hurting people like it, it's it's almost like you want it to be a historical drama but no with l5r so for me personally i wouldn't if i were making something based in any real world culture i wouldn't go that close to the bone that's just me yeah this this one is like i thought about this one a lot today and um i was lucky enough that I, last month or so i got to talk to um Connie Chung on a another panel or so uh, who's the GM for Transplant RPG and we just talked a lot about representation and today my thinking on these types of questions is that I think the question of what is the line between appreciation and appropriation I think that is a very alluring but also a, a, a trap it is going to basically make you think in a way that's not super helpful but it's so alluring because you definitely want your, your human brain wants that line in the sand to be like, here's where appreciation is. And once you cross that line, here's appropriation. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we're really arguing if we're going to go that way of when is blue too much like purple 
And it's kind of like, it's going to depend on who's reading it and things like that. So I don't think that's super helpful to talk about. I think what's maybe more helpful is to examine things like as the writer, who has, what is the power dynamic between you and your audience? And when I say audience, of course, I mean everyone in there. And you're going to have to like dissect, like who has the power in this conversation? And that's going to affect how that's being consumed. And other ways you can go about doing this is, you know, uh, jumping, jumping ideas. Another way to kind of think about this as a thought experiment is that story you want to tell doesn't have to be in this like Asian setting in order to tell it. So for, as, as your thought experiment, could you tell the exact same story in Star Wars? And like, would it actually make sense? And the reason you use Star Wars is because Star Wars is more or less divorced from a lot of cultures. And if you can tell the exact same story using purple and blue aliens, um, do you need real Asian people to tell that story? And if you don't, you have to really examine why you want to. And your reasoning could be completely valid and it could be very helpful in like continuing the conversation, but it also might not be. And you're going to have to just kind of sit in that uncomfortableness. And that again is part of being an ally and it kind of sucks, but I don't think anyone is trying to tell you it's going to be easy because it, it won't be deconstructing your privilege is always going to be difficult. Yeah. And, and I think it's as long as you're having that conversation with yourself and with the people you're working with and honestly with your, with your employer, I, I know that, for many, many folks, this is your main source of income. So I get it. I get taking a job that, you know, is going to pay your bills, is going to put food on your table, is going to put a roof over your head, is going to, you know, enrich your life. I, I get that. And I've done it, right? I, I have worked on projects that I am not proud of. I am not proud of. Um, and I realized that, you know, I have the privilege to turn down work or to recommend other people, Right. To, to say, hey, I know, I, I know this person, Jeremy, who would be dope for writing for D&D Beyond. Let me, let me get in touch with them, right? Like I have the privilege to, to, to not take on a, to, to say like, hey, this job isn't for me, right? I get that. Uh, I, I'm, but I, I think, you know, of everything that we've said so far, you know, a lot of, I think our answers boil down to a couple of things. And it's one, if possible, create space for others who maybe should tell the story. Two, right, understand and acknowledge the privileged position that you have before you even go into the creative process. Three, consider where your information is coming from, right? We've talked about this before in Asians Represent. You know, history is itself a story. Right? And one that is not entirely representative of the past or representative of people in the present, right? So consider what you're using as a source and consider how you wield the words historical accuracy as a weapon. Right? And, and, and the last one is just consider if you are a creator of influence, consider the weight of your words and the impact that your creations have on people who may not look like you. And instead, you know, consider the impact that your creations might have on people who look like the characters that you're writing about. And I encourage, and is there anything else that we should add to that? that was Steve's, throwing, Steve's throwing up hearts, but we're not, we're not, this is a podcast. We're not a stream. <laughs> 
diaspora is just as valid as yes. people you consider to be of a particular place because being of a place is complicated <laughs> and being of, a, of an identity is super complicated. Yes. So like get as many like thoughts and perspectives in there as possible. Yeah. And just to sum it up, you know, this line that Jeremy said, the super, super fine line between appropriation and appreciation it is very hard to give a definitive answer as to you know, where this line sits, because this line sits differently for, for different people, right? Between this, the six of us, the answer is going to be different. And one thing one of us might like, the other is just going to be like, no, 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 that's, that's a little too far, right? Um, this is a process. This is an ongoing conversation. And if you are, uh, last thing I'm going to say, Rob, if you are, and you are clearly a person of influence within the L5R community, if you're like Sar, who's a person of influence within the L5R community, you know, have these, <laughs> <in> that face. <laughs> I, I, I think you are, Sar, I think you are, um, you know, have these conversations openly with other community members, right? Get these conversations started, not just at the creator level, the people who engage with this material right and that's how you can kind of rectify the mistakes of the past also don't take it all on for yourself right because <laughs> <laughs> that's not healthy that's not healthy mm -hmm. that said we we've run out of time it's 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 getting late um i want to thank all of you for you know the past hour and a half but i also want to thank all of you for you know your friendship for your knowledge for the experiences that you've shared and the fact that you joined Steve and I for like 40 hours of reading one book. I appreciate the, the, the good times that we had together. I appreciate, you know, the, the, the sometimes really rough times that we had together. Um, and I look forward to us doing this again, perhaps revisiting L5R or reading a different kind of book. Right. Sar, I mean, Monty, Jeremy, Steve, Emma, y'all, y'all already like do stuff on Asians representing. You're always welcome. But I want to say it's like, Sar, to me, you're not just the L5R person, right? You are, you are a multifaceted individual. And if you ever want to do stuff with Asians represented, hit me up. Join awesome. Us. We'll do. <laughs> join us. <laughs> join us. So are, are the assimilation tubes going to come out now and assimilate me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, like I, I, again, like, thank you everyone. You know, there, I want to do one thing in, in closing and we haven't done this on a podcast in a very long time. And it's how we close an Asians represent podcast. And we yeah. always do it so poorly. It's Steve knows what's happening. Um, so oh. what we do is I always go like, I'm Daniel. And then we go around and you've just listened to, and then we'll say Asians represent. So I realize that on zoom, the camera order is different for everyone. So I'm going to actually type out um, the order and then we're going to uh, do that. But after we do one thing. Um, okay. So there's our order. First of all, where can everybody find you on the internet? And what are you doing? Because, you know, all of you are voices that are worth listening to. So I want to know how people can engage with you further. Let's go in that order. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me uh, on Twitter most easily at D-E-E-E-M Steve. That's D-M Steve 
phonetically. Uh, currently, my, my current project outside of my day job is I'm working on Unbreakable Volume 2 as one of the editors. So that's taking a lot of time. Uh, I am super hyped about it. Oh my goodness, it's so, so good. It's going to be so good. UnbreakableRPG.com if you want more information on that. Dope. Jeremy. Uh, yeah, um, you can find me online at Pixel Grotto, P-I-X-E-L-G-R-O-T-T-O on Twitter. You can check out my video game and TTRPG blog. You can read my latest thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077 there. And you can also check out D&D Beyond, where I am writing articles about uh, DM stuff, how to run certain monsters, um, how to play certain classes, and kind of just diving in into the ultra-technical ultra side of D&D, which I like. So yeah, give it a look. Amazing. Monty, how about you? Okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Monty underscore Lynn. Uh, it has a link to my website. Um, it also has a pinned tweet about the uh, cyberpunk clone series I'm working on for Serial Box. Uh, that is going to be out sometime in the future that I don't remember exactly when it's coming out. Um, <laughs> it should be on the pinned tweet, I hope. <laughs> Uh, I'm also in a couple panels in the uh, Flights of Foundry online convention, and I'm also running a game de RPG demo at the same convention. Um, and uh, and then there's more I could say, but of course I'm under NDA, NDA. Of course, I feel like that's that that has been you, Monty. You are always busy doing work. I. I can't wait to just be like, look at this thing my friend did on the internet. I can't wait. wait. Two years from now. <laughs> Two years from now. <laughs> we we're when we're still reading Caratour. Um, <laughs> sorry, how about you? Uh, you guys can find me at Asako Tenba on Twitter. You'll type it out. Um, yeah, I'll uh, put but, it in the notes. Um, Also, just to make a quick little announcement, Trevor, Cuba, and myself, we are working on a new podcast. Basically, we're going to take the news and take what's going on in the world and distill it so it makes sense to gamers and nerds and everyone in the in, in the hobby and industry. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait to talk to Steve UK. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be dropping. Um, we're, 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 we're hoping the first episode drop um, sometime this spring. Awesome. Awesome. I can't, I can't wait to share that on our socials. Emma, how about you? Yeah, I'm Emma on Twitter mostly uh, at Starch Geologist. So don't make me spell that. It's a combination of starch and archaeologist because I reconstruct ancient food practices by using residue starch grains. Uh, so yeah. Also, uh, I can't say I'm new to the TTRPG world anymore, but anymore. <laughs> I can say that I have done work as a sensitivity reader and a cultural consultant on Japanese, especially Japanese history and prehistory. So let me know if you have any projects or things that you want a pair of eyes on. Fantastic. And I mean, y'all know me. I'm Daniel. Daniel H. Kwan on Twitter. <laughs> Go buy Candlekeep Mysteries. Someone make that into a song. <laughs> <laughs> Go buy Candlekeep Mysteries. I hope you all enjoy it. Um, I had a roller coaster of a day just seeing people react to it. I think my I think for, for me, having somebody say that I created the monk version of the Holy Avenger is just a huge, huge H word, a huge honor. Um <laughs> Honestly, the item's a little overpowered, um, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm real happy with with that, and I'm I'm proud that I was able to represent my culture in D and D in a way that it hasn't before. Um, okay, so here's what we're gonna do. 
we're going to sign off. So we're going to go, we're going to say I'm, and then we're going to introduce our names and we're going to say, you've just listened to, and then we're going to say Asians represent. It's going to be super out of sync, but that's the joy of podcasting remotely. Okay, here we go. I'm Daniel. I'm Steve. I'm Jeremy. I'm Monty. I'm Zar. I'm Emma. And you've just listened to Asians represent. That's never good. Love it. I love it. So Bye, good. everyone. Bye. 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 <laughs>